Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger spark controversy in the markets. Apple goes to court and is Amazon a buy after solid earnings numbers. This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. And welcome to another week of market talk, market news, and of course, profits um, if you are trading with the running with the money team. Now, taking a look at the overall market today, the Dow Jones is up 267 points, NASDAQ down 64, S&P 500 up 14 points, Russ 2K down 16, and the VIX currently down 2.15%. That's what we want to see in this market, but the NASDAQ taking a little bit of a hit today um, after a big week of earnings last week where the FANG names reported, reported very strong numbers, and well, we're now getting opportunities in those names today. I see an Amazon down 2.4% by Amazon. My oh my, those numbers were remarkable, and we'll get into why later in the show. The semiconductors getting hit today, AMD down 3.4%. Go by AMD. I added to it this morning. Excellent company to hold for the long term. Semiconductors, got to buy them. Microsoft, Google, Facebook, all down today. The software is getting hit. Shopify down more than nearly 5%. Insane stuff. So anyway, what is going on in the markets today? Well, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger are sparking controversy over the weekend and into the week. And boy, oh boy, they touched on a lot. From Bitcoin to Robinhood to inflation. I mean, you just can't get any more of a full interview in at all. So they hosted their annual conference over the weekend. Um, and the first thing I'd like to t- touch on is really the main focus of the past few days. And that is Charlie Munger's take on Bitcoin, which Warren Buffett agreed with. He said, um, in essence, that you know, the run-up in Bitcoin, he said, quote, of course, I hate the Bitcoin success. He then went on to say, quote, I don't welcome a currency that's so useful to kidnappers and extortionists and so forth, nor do I like just shuffling out of your extra billions of billions of dollars to somebody who just invented a new financial product out of thin air. He then went on to say, um, in essence, that, quote, it's really kind of an artificial substitute for gold. And since I never buy any gold. I never buy any Bitcoin. I mean, that is one take. He also said it's disgusting and contrary to the interest of civilization. So a harsh take from Charlie Munger, vice chairman over there at Berkshire Hathaway on Bitcoin. A lot of investors disagreeing with him today. Um, Him and Warren Buffett also went on to knock Robinhood, saying that it's in essence um, promoting gambling to young investors. And, you know, there's two sides to this story. Yes, Robinhood, there's there's some aspects to the app that are almost uh, casino-like, gambling-like, but there's other aspects to the app that make it very easy for young people to get access to the market, build wealth, and invest properly if they're responsible. So I really didn't like the fact that Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett completely knocked Robin Hood um, and didn't state any of the positives whatsoever. It was almost as if throughout this interview over the weekend, throughout the conference, they were simply, you know, basically calling young investors stupid. In some cases, it felt like that. And really, they should not be doing that. The young investors are here to stay. um, And that's exactly what needs to happen. Young investors in new, um, you know, new, a whole new age base needs to get into the market even younger, start building wealth earlier. Just as Warren Buffett did, he started investing very young. Not enough people are doing that. And now we're starting to see that happen. So them coming out and knocking young investors, knocking the platform they use, 
I think that was a bit ridiculous. You know, maybe, you know, provide advice, but don't simply come out and almost call every tool that they use to invest stupid or gambling-like. That's a bit too far. Um, and also, we saw Jim Cramer this morning at CNBC also defend young investors and say, you know, yeah, I respect Buffett and I respect Munger, but the way they went about this was not good whatsoever. Now, taking a look at Buffett's choices here um, and what he said on inflation, he said, quote, we are seeing very substantial inflation. He then went on to say, it's very interesting. Uh, we are raising prices. People are raising prices to us and is being accepted. So overall, he is saying, you know, that, yeah, we're seeing substantial inflation. He seemed to think throughout what I have read um, and throughout what he said that it's not going to end anytime soon, that we could see this going forward for the next few months, years, um, who knows how long. But he said it is, quote, substantial, and we need to watch out for this inflation. So I believe inflation is going to be a much bigger issue than what the Fed is making it out to be. A lot of other major investors are as well. Michael Barry thinking it could turn into hyperinflation, um, and then a few other investors, Bill Ackman saying inflation is also going to be a major issue in a major interview um, that he just had. So overall, definitely inflation was a topic. Robinhood, Bitcoin, a lot of crazy takes. I definitely don't agree with their take on Bitcoin. Um, I think it is a new commodity. I think it's a digital commodity. I've said it on the show before. I think Bitcoin is the digital replacement to gold. It's more efficient than gold um, in the physical manner of it. Uh, so overall, that is really what came out of the conference over the weekend um, and taking a brief look at Berkshire's biggest holdings. It is still Apple, Bank of America, American Express, and Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola has been there forever. Their Apple position is huge, um, but they're also on the flip side, taking a look at Berkshire's portfolio, they don't have much growth in there besides Apple and a few other um, names, but not much at all. And really, um, especially what I've heard over the weekend here is that it seems Buffett and Munger throughout the past years have really missed out on the big profit opportunities, for instance, in growth names such as Fang, because Apple was really the only one they gamed to a huge amount of profit and still hold at a significant level. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst call of the day. Um, Cohen upgraded DraftKings to outperform from market perform. I agree with this. I think DraftKings is only going to grow in the future. Their management team is pretty solid. Um, their financials aren't bad. And when you look ahead, um, the sports betting space online is just getting started. It's still not fully legalized in all states, not even close to all states. And once it is majority legalized across the United States, you are going to see big time growth. And a lot of people are starting to do sports gambling, get online, have fun um, in betting on their favorite sports events. So I definitely see a lot of growth in the future for DraftKings. And it's not badly priced here um, at its current level. It's currently sitting at 57 bucks a share. That's definitely off its highs of over $70 per share. So really, it's sitting right down around what seems to be a support in the 55 area. So definitely a name to watch, a possible buying opportunity here in DraftKings. Gunningham initiated Chewy as a buy. I like Chewy. Um, E-commerce, pet platform. I like it. I think Chewy uh, can continue to be successful, even though they lost a key management member. I think they can continue to still be successful. They're significantly off their highs all the way up around 115, um, and they're all the way down to 80 bucks a share. So I think Chewy can continue to grow. If it continues to cool off, could be a solid buying opportunity. Uh, Gunningham, I think, is right 
to put out a buy call here on Chewy. Now, Bank of America reiterated his buy on Peloton, and this is one I don't agree with so much. We've seen uh, Peloton selling off some recently. You take a look at Peloton, ticker sign P-T-O-N, um, and if you take a look at a one-year chart here, it made a significant move to the upside all the way to around a high of 168, and now it's come way down. It's all the way back down to 95, um, and it just recently broke through a support right around 98. Looks like it could go lower. The next significant support I see is all the way down at 75. Looks like there's a smaller support right around 90. Um, so definitely one to pay attention to. I think it can continue to move lower. Um, and it does trade at a crazy premium. It still trades at a major premium compared to a lot of other names. And really, I haven't been, I've never bought Peloton. I've never been in the name um, for a few reasons. First off, I think a lot of their growth was significantly just stay at home. I do. Um, a lot of people needed a... I would say they needed a replacement for the gym. Peloton was the best answer. Um, but at the same time, um, you have management saying that they're going to, their subgrowth is still going to be 250, 400%. They still have, um, you know, huge growth numbers, um, expectations. And I don't know if they can meet them as the country opens. We're already saying people want to get out of the house. People want to go to the gyms. People want to go work out. They want to go for a run outside. They don't want to stay in their garage and hit the Peloton. So really when it comes to Peloton, they are falling back on not consistently buying their machines and their bikes um, and their and actual equipment, but their subscriber growth. And that subscriber growth, I don't believe is going to continue to grow even if their bike sales mute. Um, so I really don't see a 200% year over year, quarter over quarter growth here for Peloton much longer. They did see significant growth in subs. I believe they hit 200% a few times in the past few quarters, but I don't think they're going to see that again. And I definitely do think that business is going to slow down for Peloton um, as the country and world reopens. Um, and I don't think uh, it's their growth is sustainable. I just don't. Um, a lot of other people have a different opinion than mine, and that's fine. That's simply my opinion. Um, if you want to do more digging on Amazon, definitely do it. You know, Bank of America coming out and rating it a buy. They have an argument for that. Go check it out. Go see what they're saying. Um, but that's simply my opinion. I think Peloton growth will slow down. I think they'll continue to grow, but I think it'll slow down and I don't think the market will be pleased with that. And I think it will continue to sell off. That's my opinion on Peloton. Now, Wolf upgraded FedEx and UPS to outperform from Pure Reform. I like it. FedEx and UPS, the shipping game. I think they're only going to continue to do better. Um, more and more and more packages are being shipped out. And as e-commerce grows, well, these two companies are going to benefit because that means more shipping as well. And then finally, Bank of America upgraded for a solar to a buy from neutral. Now, I like the fact that Bank of America here is getting bullish on some clean energy names. For solar is definitely a clean energy name to check out. Go check it out. Now, shifting in to this Apple court case, we have to talk about it. Um, so Apple is going to court in an antitrust case, and it's against Epic Games. Now, Epic Games is arguing that their 30% cut of revenue from purchases made using the in-app purchases um and that's App Store. That's all apps in the App Store. Um, they're arguing, you know, that's a monopoly. They're saying it's a monopoly on the App Store. Um, the, the App Store itself is a monopoly. That is what 
uh, Epic Games is arguing. Now, as you know, back in August of 2020, if you don't know about this, Epic Games, they put a feature in the Fortnite app, um, and it basically said, you know, you can pay us directly and bypass to 30% to Apple. And Apple said, no, you're not going to do that, and they kicked uh, Fortnite off the App Store, and then they went to court, and Apple was forced to put Epic Games back on the App Store, and everything kind of went to normal for a little bit, but now they're going to court. Um, And now, basically, it's a big argument between the two companies. Now, Apple's also seeing this antitrust argument for this 30% cut on the App Store. They're also seeing this from Spotify. They're getting fought against from Facebook on the privacy rules. So really, can Apple continue to fight this off, even as the government also comes at them um, and tries to say that they're a giant monopoly as well? So here's my opinion on the issue. First off, I do not think, in my personal opinion, the 30% uh, cut that Apple gets in the app of any, from any app in the App Store, I don't believe that's a monopoly in itself whatsoever. Apple built this platform. They built the user base through sales of their products. And now companies want access to their community of users. And in order to get into that community of users, instead of Apple charging them directly, they say, okay, we want 30% of all the money made on your app. Now, in my personal opinion, that's perfectly fine. That would be just like Facebook and them selling. That's just like Facebook selling ads. That is literally the same thing. Facebook says, okay, we have this user base. We're going to charge you X amount of money to um, buy ads and advertise to our people. It's just a different payment format. Instead of a percent of money gained, it's price per ad. So at the end of the day, I do think that Fortnite is fighting a losing battle here. This is not a monopoly. A monopoly is when you control a whole entire industry and you can, in essence, um, basically run the show. You can buy anyone you want. You actively are buying others out that you don't want to compete with you. And if you don't want someone to compete with you, you can kick them out. This is not competition here. This is simply smaller companies that want to get access to a user base of another company. That's all it is here. This is business. This is not a monopoly. Okay, if you don't want access to the App Store, you don't want to pay the 30%, go over to Android and see how you do. They have a user base. So in my opinion, I do not think that this is a monopoly here um, on the App Store. And if you really look at all of these cases, Spotify coming at Apple. Why? Because Spotify is committing directly against Apple in music and podcast. You look at Epic Games. Epic Games is competing directly with Apple when it comes to gaming. Apple, they have the arcade. They're getting into gaming. They're pushing games. But not all the games are there. Some of them are. So really what it comes down to is Epic Games doesn't want to pay this 30% fee to get into um, this ginormous user base that Apple offers because they have such a huge portion of the tech space. I do not think this is Monopoly. Fundamentally, it's not a Monopoly. It's not like back in the days when they went after Standard Oil for a Monopoly. That is not what this is. There are plenty of competitors in the space. Um, simply, the fact is, is that Epic Games does not want to pay the 30% because they would make more money if they didn't have to pay the 30%. This is not a monopoly, Epic Games. You're making plenty of money when you are on the App Store and paying the 30% cut. Anyway, you just got greedy. In my opinion, Epic Games got greedy um, and they wanted to make more, uh, so they didn't want to pay this 30% and Apple didn't like that because that's bypassing the charge that they charge the companies to get access to their user platform. That's my opinion on it. Plenty of other people have different opinions on it. Some people say 
that it is a monopoly. A lot of others say it's not. I don't believe it's a monopoly whatsoever. Now, a headline out of Amazon before we get in the breakdown. So they got those Thursday night football rights, those NFL rights for Thursday night football. Um, and that package has been moved up. Instead of starting in 2023, it's going to start in 2022. Um, and the NFL Thursday night football exclusively on Amazon. This is big. It's an 11-year agreement. And Amazon will pay $1 billion per year um, until the contract is up. For these exclusive Thursday night rights, this is big for Amazon. I would say this is really the first live sporting event that they have exclusive rights to um, and that a lot of people are going to be tuning in for. So it could mean a lot of business for Amazon. Now, shifting into Amazon as a whole, they delivered solid earnings last week, but the market, well, they uh, pumped the price in the after hours and then, boom, sold off and it continues to sell off. It's currently down 2.51% today. And we're going to dig into Amazon, brief back over the earnings, brief over the balance sheet and a few with the um, fundamental financials, um, the multiples, the technicals, and then we're going to determine if Amazon is a buy here. Now, Amazon is a major diversified retail company with key areas of focus, including e-commerce, web services, streaming, artificial intelligence, uh, healthcare, and so much more. They're expanding in the markets. Um, I mean, crazy stuff happening over there at Amazon. Now, if we sift through Amazon's stock price, according to Trefus, at Trefus on social media, go check their data out. It's excellent. Um, 46.3% of the stock price is based on Amazon Web Services, otherwise known as as AWS. Now, furthermore, the Amazon North America e-commerce segment is 33.1% and the Amazon e-commerce international segment is 18.1%. Meanwhile, 2.6% of the stock price is based on cash and or net of debt. Now, in recent news, uh, CEO Jeff Bezos announced his stepping down as CEO of Amazon after 25 years with um, the company. Now, Andy Jassy will be taking the spot over there at Amazon. And you're probably wondering, well, who in the world is Andy Jassy? Well, taking a brief look at the past of the newly appointed CEO, Jassy joined Amazon in the late 1990s, eventually working his way from Bezos' first shadow advisor to assisting in the founding of AWS and then running AWS all the way to the point where it is now. Now, if we focus on the e-commerce industry right now, U.S. e-commerce penetration is just 21.3% in 2020 um, when it was last recorded. And given that Amazon has maintained 31.4% of all U.S. e-commerce sales, um, imagine as e-commerce grows and as that U.S. e-commerce penetration increases, imagine how big Amazon is going to get and how much larger they can get. Now, if we dig into the numbers in the last quarter, um, as you all know, Amazon beat Q1 2021 expectations um, with an EPS of $15.79, much better than the $9.54 expected on a year-over-year basis. That's 215.17% improvement in EPS. Now, sales improved. Um, so net sales up 44%. Amazon Web Services sales up 32%. Um, and then North America net sales up 40% and international sales up 60%. So solid growth over there and Amazon. Now, operating cash flow also improved uh, by 69% year over year. Free cash flow improved significantly um, from $24.3 billion to $26.4 billion. So a significant increase of $2 billion in uh, free cash flow. And then also we take a look at incomes. And Amazon reported a Q1 2021 operating income 
of $8.9 billion, and that's more than double the previous operating income in Q1 2020 of $4 billion, and then net income also significantly improved, more than doubling. So operating income and net income, both more than doubling. Now, uh, management was quite upbeat, um, and Amazon Prime Video was also a major focus. Uh, CEO Jeff Bezos said, quote, as Prime Video turns 10, over 175 million Prime members have streamed shows and movies in the past year, and streaming hours are up more than 70% year over year. Now, if we look ahead, um, Amazon, they did provide solid guidance. They expect Q2 2021 net sales to land within a range of 110 to $116 billion. So that's roughly 24 to 30% growth year over year if they hit those numbers. Um, and then the leadership is also expecting operating income to land within a range of 4.5 to $8 billion. Um, and that is definitely higher than the Q2 2020 operating uh, income level. billion. So solid increases there if they meet guidance, strong earnings out of Amazon, um, those positive headlines on Thursday night rights. Um, And if we shift into the balance sheet here, the numbers, I mean, you couldn't ask for much better. Uh, Total assets, $321 billion. Total liabilities, $227 billion. Total debt, $51 billion. And a cash short-term investments level of $84 billion. So those assets, cash short-term investments outweighing those liabilities and debt. I like to see it. Now, on a valuation basis, Amazon, it does trade at a premium. So if we take a look, it's currently trading around a price to earnings of 64 times, a forward price to earnings right around 50 times, a price to sales right around four times, I'm going to price to book right around 18 times. Meanwhile, the price to cash flow is right around 25 times. Um, so really, you take a look at the valuation of Amazon, and historically, if you look at, say, a price to earnings chart, Amazon is actually tra- trading much cheaper than it has in the past, and is down on these phenomenal numbers. Now, management, they've been effective. Um, A return on equity of 31.9%, a return on assets of 9.8%, and a return on invested capital of 15%. Solid stuff there. Now, given the numbers, the analysts today are bullish with a mean price target of $4,302 per share. And that's over 25% upside. The high price target, 5,500 per share. And the low price target, 3,750 per share. So overall, analysts are also bullish. The big money is quite involved. 56.85% of Amazon is owned by institutions. Top holders include the Vanguard Group, BlackRock, Institutional Trust, and State Street Global Advisors. So overall, what are my thoughts on Amazon? You have to buy it here. Buy it at 3,386 if you want Amazon and you don't have it in your portfolio. It is a very strong company. That has solid management team. AWS is growing significantly. E-commerce continues to grow. They're getting into the healthcare space even more. We're seeing some scary action on a Teladoc because Amazon's jumping in on the space. Um, and also, management is just so reliable at Amazon. They have continued to defy the odds, and there's not many monopoly um, arguments being made against the company that I would see as a negative to the stock. So overall, I definitely do like Amazon for the long term, and I definitely think it's one to hold for the long term, and I think you are safe to buy it here. And if it goes down more, just buy more, um, because frankly, it's been trading within a range now for darn near a year I mean, since July of like early July, like July, like 8th, 7th, 8th, 2nd, the 6th of July, it's been trading flat from within a range of 3,500 down to just under 3,000. Um, so definitely a time to accumulate shares. I think it can move higher within the next few months, within the many years to come. It's going to move higher. It's going to continue to grow. Amazon is not stopping here. It is just getting started in my opinion. Now, to round out the show, I'd like to briefly go over the watch list, the full market, where we are seeing opportunities. So, Fang, we're seeing opportunities in today. Apple's the only one up. I think 
Amazon is an opportunity. I think Facebook is an opportunity. I think Google, possibly an opportunity. Microsoft, definitely an opportunity. We're seeing the fintech names down today. We're seeing PayPal and Square also down. Not much action out of there. Shopify, down 5%. Could be a solid opportunity. AMD is definitely an opportunity, down nearly 4%. Um, and there's just so many names in the growth space that are getting nailed. Meanwhile, we see the consumer defensive in the healthcare getting some love today. Um, maybe people, you know, saying, ah, maybe we should get a little defensive here. Um, so it seems like a lot of the more defensive names getting love today. Um, meanwhile, the growth names, the fang names, um, the high growth uh, mer- new markets theme uh, is definitely getting hit. Uh, so overall, some opportunities in the growth space and not a lot of opportunities in the defensive space. That is another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. We'll be back talking the market, talking the latest headlines and breaking down the latest headlines um, on Wednesday. Until then, easily profit, trade on. And remember, do your research so you know um, if your investment is a good investment. See you then.